Eva, and I'm here with another episode of Currently Binging, the podcast about all things TV and movies. If you're listening for the first time, welcome. Hit that subscribe button or whatever platform you're listening to my voice on. Also, take a few extra seconds, rate, comment. That is greatly appreciated. So, yes, we're going to get into this. We are discussing the Queen's Gambit. I'm going to forewarn. I don't, this might be a short episode. Might because I don't really have too, too much to say about the Queen's Gambit. Um, I was originally going to do this in a streaming roundup, but what I was going to round it up with, (laughs) I was just like, I don't really want to talk about this show. (laughs) So here we are. We have the Queen's Gambit on its own. Uh, And the reason why I don't really have too much to say about it, one, You guys know, I told you guys, I'm kind of in the moment of trying to record. I'm in a recording binge (laughs) because I was preoccupied with the election for like two weeks. So what happened was (laughs) we watched The Queen's Gambit and binged it all. Actually, that's the whole story in itself. But we watched it, ended up wrapping it up right before the election started. The election started I was consumed with the election for like two weeks straight. Then finally was like, okay, we got to get back to normal living and got back into watching things and was realized that we did not even discuss or record the Queen's Gambit. And I really do want to talk about it. I just don't think that I have as much like had, had I recorded this closer to finishing it, then it would be like, oh, I have so much to say and so many things to ruminate on, but now we're um, we're what three weeks out <laughs> from me actually watching it, which is a long time. You guys know I've been having horrible pandemic brain where everything just melts melts melt, melts. Oh my gosh, everything just melts together. So here we are. Before we get into the Queen's Gambit, have to do some warnings for you guys just because you know, just want to make sure I help you out. There will be spoilers. So if you did not watch The Queen's Gambit, you should not listen to this. There is also a possibility that I can spoil something in another show, but I usually, if it's not related to this, will give a warning so that you can skip ahead and not hear it. Also, this is not your traditional like TV show review podcast where everything's linear and it's a super scholastic um well thought out (laughs) review about it, about whatever it is I watched. No, these are my actual real thoughts and opinions. We go all over the place. It's never really ever (laughs) linear. We do jump around a lot. It can be a bumpy ride, but I just ask that you buckle up, sit back and try to hold on because we're going to navigate this together. So the Queen's Gambit. Okay, so I saw this show up on, in, like, recommended for me on Netflix. And I was like, oh, The Queen's Gambit. Do I want to watch that? And off bat, if you're a normal, regular person, you see it and you're just like, a TV show about chess. Do I really want to watch that? But little do you guys know, I actually love chess. (laughs) I had a really great chess set, actually, which I, this show made me actually be like, where is that chess set? Because it literally followed me everywhere I moved, but I don't think it got, I don't think it made it to California, but <laughs> I literally was like, where is that chess set? Cause it's a really nice chess set, but that's not what this is about. So I actually do enjoy chess. I actually haven't played in a long time. And I was just like a show about chess. 
that would be interesting. Then you watch the, the trailers and it makes it seem like there's some drama there. You don't really know what's going on. This is set in previous times. So I believe this is set in the 60s. So we have like kind of playing around historical type of a setting. But so then it's also it's like, well, is this based on a true story? Which it is not like this whole main character was a pulled from various different things as far as I was reading an article. You guys know, here we go. Because it's like, what, what did this article actually say? I was reading an article and they were talking about where the inspiration for the main character came from. And they were saying that she came from different things, but essentially was based off of a male chess player. <laughs> Don't quote me. I believe that's what they said. But I was like, okay, that could be interesting. And then I was like, let's just watch it. So this is seven episodes. It's a random number. It's a random odd number. It's seven episodes. <laughs> and I was like, oh, seven episodes. That's not bad. Let's watch it. Not going to lie. I started watching it. It is slow. It's a slow burn type of a show. I can see people being like, this is boring. It's, but it's not boring in a way where it's like the crown where you come in expecting it to be boring because it's basically like a history lesson in a way, <laughs> which I kind of talk about if you go and listen to my episode on the crown. But this more so is boring in the way, whereas this is like your traditional show where the first couple episodes deal with the our main character as a young age. So kind of seeing like how they got to this position. And then usually it doesn't really ramp up to towards the end of the season where they're older and you have like all the drama that's going on. Because we started off with um, our main character, Beth, waking up, being woken up in a hotel room. Clearly she's been drinking, she's hungover, and we see her realizing like she's late and she's hastily dressing and trying to get to her chess match and she's late and all our stuff and then we go backwards. So we know it's going to be kind of a journey. And so I think I, where I kind of struggled was those beginning episodes because it was interesting, but it was, and I told you guys, especially during the pandemic, I've been trying to, as I watch a lot of these things not be distracted. So I will usually just um, put my phone out of reach <laughs> for, so I can't like easily reach it. Cause a lot of times I'll be watching and also playing games on my phone, but this was not the case. I just found, I found my mind wandering a lot. Although it was like interesting, it was still kind of like, huh. And then another, another reason why I wanted to watch this was because um, Thomas Brody Sangster was in the, like, what's it called? The previews. And I've seen him in a lot of stuff and I haven't seen him in anything recently. Um, and I was like, okay, well, I mean, that could be interesting. Also, can we just talk about how he just is not aging? He literally looks the same as he did as he was a kid. And I was like, how I had to go and Google, how old is he? And he's like in his thirties. And I was expecting him to be like mid twenties, maybe that's off topic. But anyway, and so I think I got up through to halfway through episode four, something happened in my life. <laughs> I cannot for the life of me remember, but I ended up forgetting that I was even watching the Queen's Gambit for like a week. 
<laughs> which is so not like me if you listen to anything else that I talk about, especially when on streaming things, you guys know I love I love um, the binge format because I just like to sit and just watch through it all and then be able, because then it's that when it's all fresh and then I can just get on here and talk about it. I somehow forgot that, that I was watching the show for a week and I was sitting on the couch. I vividly remember this. I was sitting on the couch because this has been my struggle now um, in the pandemic is trying to find something that I want to watch to watch. <laughs> and I was just on the couch like, oh, I can't find anything. I don't know what to watch. There's nothing to watch. Blah, 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 blah. And then I hadn't been on Netflix for like that whole week. So I was just like, something in my head was like, oh, go to Netflix. And I went to Netflix. I was like, oh my gosh, I forgot I was watching The Queen's Gambit. <laughs> so then that night, I actually ended up finishing um, The Queen's Gambit. It actually picked up really quickly. I actually had to go back a little bit because I was just like, <laughs> I was like, I don't remember what happened in these previous episodes. Like I had an idea. I couldn't really remember. So I did end up going back to a little bit in the episode or starting the episode I was on again and just re-watching the whole thing. And so now let's get into the show. I thought it was a super interesting show. I thought it sheds a really interesting light on chess in a way that I don't think a lot of people like initially would have thought or been interested in. Because again, a show about chess who wants to watch that? But I think it was shot in such a way that it made chess interesting because at the end of the day, this is a sports show. <laughs> and the th the great thing about sports shows is being able to highlight the intensity in the game, the competitiveness of the game, the like you're rooting for someone. So you want to feel, you want to feel all those emotions of rooting for your person to win. And I, and for this to be chess, because like, it's not basketball, it's not football, where it's a little more active. There's more, um, outward emotion being displayed that you can easily get swept up to into it and be like, yeah, let's go. But like, you feel like you're energetically there, whereas chess, everything is so internal that they did a great job of upping that intensity to make it feel like there was really something at stake when we're watching these um, games. So I will give them kudos on that. And I also think that they've probably opened the eyes of, or opened the world of chess up to people who most most likely probably would not have even thought about chess. And so we might see a lot more people playing chess <laughs> moving forward, which I think is exciting because again, I told you guys, I love chess. <laughs> so I think that was great, but I would be remiss <laughs> if I did not um, talk about the performance of Anya Taylor-Joy as Beth because she essentially has to carry this entire thing, has to make it believable. But she also is playing a character that doesn't really seem to show empathy <laughs> in a way. And so when that is your main character, a lot of times it can be hard to care about 
that character and what's going on with them or root for them. But I think that she plays it in a way because in the moments where you as a viewer know that it is a struggle for her to be emotive, but you see like tiny glimmers of it, those are the moments that kind of help keep that connection between the viewer and um, Beth Harmon. <laughs> and so we see it with her mother, who is her adoptive mother, Alice, who is played by Chloe Pierre, which hopefully, you know, I didn't mess up that last name. But um, we see that with her mother. They have a very interesting relationship. Once, her, once Alice realizes that they can make a living off of Beth being able to play chess, that's kind of where you see that dynamic shift. And so they have this interesting um, relationship because at the end of the day, Alice is a momager. <laughs> and she has momager tendencies, which are the things that we hear nowadays of like crazy mom managers who like push their kids to do everything, kind of like a mix of a stage mom and a manager. And they're just like pushing their kid, but not necessarily for whatever reason, realizing that there needs to be some type of a boundary as far as how far you can push the push the kid. So you do see some of that in that relationship between Alice and Beth. And it's always weird because you don't really, you, their mo more intimate moments is, or yeah, their mo more intimate moments is Beth like debriefing after a chess tournament and kind of being like, well, this is what I did and I could have done that. And like, those are her moments of being like intimate with her mom. But then also, I mean, Beth is pretty young um, throughout this, especially when her mom is alive. And so her way also of showing empathy for her mom is letting her mom have whatever she wants. So the money thing, and you kind of see... In a way, at least me as a viewer, I feel like the, um, Alice is being, I don't want to say manipulative, but you get the sense that the money is the most important thing. And so therefore they have the money so she can lavish in the money and then go on these expensive, do these expensive things that they wouldn't have necessarily been able to do, take these random trips and things like that. So you kind of get the sense that the money means a lot to Alice and Beth sees that. And so she indulges her in those instances. So when you do get the scene where um, Beth finds Alice dead and you're kind of like, well, how's she going to deal with this? Like she's, she's, keeps everything in she's very much blank slate but her whole way of dealing with it emotionally was what we saw when she essentially was back at the um she went back home and she kind of like shut herself up in the house then we had harry show up which poor harry <laughs> he showed up and then like they had their whole moment but like her way of dealing with that emotionally was just essentially lock herself up in the house drinking not really taking chess seriously anymore and then we see Benny shows up because like her whole thing was she was trying to get to Russia she wants to beat um be like the top the top person and beat that guy which his name is escaping me but she wants I think his name was Bert Bergoff Bergoff 
<laughs> she wants to be him. And so we see um, Benny show up. And I thought it was great that he set those boundaries initially. Like, we're not going to sleep together and all this other stuff. So I think she had very, because she is the main, our main character and is a very female driven POV. But then you do have these male, male POVs that come in, but kind of seeing how she navigates those relationships between Harry and between Benny and then between the um, reporter guy, which I can't think of his name right now. But we see her kind of, I think his name was Towns. We see her navigating those those relationships. And they all end up, I mean, I guess you could say they all end the same in that there is no relationship. <laughs> and I think the guys end up a little more heartbroken than she does. But the fact that all the things that she went through with them in their individual ways, like Harry, especially that whole situation. If I was Harry, I would have never talked to her ever again in life, but like he saw her struggling. He went and tried to help her because that's just the type of person that he is. But you see um, them all kind of rally together to help her in the end beat Berghoff, which was, I don't know, I feel like there's so much you can dissect in just that whole thing. Um, and, and I think it's a great kind of like viewpoint of relationships in general, because a lot of times we hold on to grudges are really like, oh, we're not going to do this because this person did this to me and I'm never going to talk to him again. Like I literally just said, well, Harry, if I was him, I would never talk to her again. But you see, and also this is the 60s, so that could also be. But you see that they're able to, despite it all, still all come together and still push her to, one, be her best, but also to support Beth. Which that whole thing was interesting because the chess the chess world at this time was very much male dominated and Beth came in as this female who was kind of like sweeping all the tournaments. She became this big name in that world and all these guys at some point were her competition and they were able to kind of rally together and... um be a team in a way. And I can't remember who said it. I want to say it was either Benny or was it someone in Russia where they were talking about like the dynamic between the chess players and how, I think it was when they were in Russia or she's talking to someone from Russia. They were talking about how they're very much team oriented. They work together to, for a common goal to try to take out like whoever their competition is. Whereas in America, it's very much, which I mean, still is today. It's very much like me, 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 me. Everyone's fighting on their own type of a way. And so then to kind of see how that stays true throughout until you get to the end where it was kind of like, no, we can't, I can't do this on its own. Beth realizing she can't do this on its own. One, she can't do it on her own, but also realizing that there are people who actually want to help her win I thought was interesting. So I don't know. I feel like there are little little nuggets in there that you can kind of take apart 
from that. But I think the acting across the board was great. Um, I think the story, although, I mean, again, you're talking about a story that starts from when someone's young all the way up into until adulthood. So there is that kind of like flow that naturally happens. Whereas for me, <laughs> a lot of times, and I think this is in general, because this also made me just think about other shows that are like this, where I just, I don't think that I really enjoy the scenes where someone's young and we're trying to like figure out, even though I'm always like backstory, I want to know what's going on. But a lot of times I feel like we sometimes stay there a little too long that I'm just like, can we just move on? We don't need a whole episode <laughs> about it as long as like we allude to it, which is probably like I probably why I think it works better for me personally in movies than it does in TV shows because we tend to just spend way too much time on things that I don't think we need to. But um, yeah, and then also her friend, which I think her name was Jolene just showing up towards the end also to root for her. So you kind of have that, like not only do you have that male female dynamic of being able to support and root for someone, but you also have that female female dynamic because Jolene felt some type of way like throughout this whole thing. And she felt spited in ways by um, Beth and seeing her success, but she was always rooting for her. And so to have them have that conversation that they had where they were pretty much, Jolene was pretty much real with Beth the entire time before them to have that moment to have that conversation but then for Jolene to be like but I am still rooting for you like and being and give her the money to go to Russia and be like I know you're going to pay me back like having that um woman to woman support I think was important to highlight even though it did kind of feel like it came out of nowhere because we saw Jolene when she was younger but then we don't really hear or see anything about her until all of a sudden she shows up towards the end but you know do you do what you got to do. <laughs> what else did I want to talk about? I mean, I think those are the main things. Like I told you guys, I don't think I really have a lot to say about this. I thought you guys know I love anything that's based in the past because I love to look at the costumes and the set pieces and all of that stuff. And I thought it was great. Beth's fashion was just like refined. But as, even some of the stuff she was wearing, I was like, I would wear that today. I'm just saying. But <laughs> I thought they looked really great. Even um, the guys, some of their um, costumes, especially Benny. Because I was at, it was at one point where I was just like, is Benny into women or is he into guys or is he non gender conforming because th there was a moment when she went back to New York with him where I was just like I don't know but it also was the 60s so <laughs> everything was a little different back then but I feel like it was more so in the 70s than the 60s but whatever because we were like late 60s going into 70s so I guess <laughs> but <laughs> but yeah so and that was great I thought it was great um tension building great suspense not suspense, but like suspense in a game way where like how games and sports can be. The acting was great across the board. Loved the costumes, set, PC, set pieces. We know she ends up um, winning in Russia in the end. So yeah, this show got very high ratings. 4HS, 4HS show. I think it's like 8.8 .8 on IMDb out of like 100,000 people which is pretty high because I've seen, you guys know, we've seen a lot 
<laughs> oh well scores but um yeah i just think i've heard a lot of i've seen read and heard a lot of just great things about the show even from people who i actually know who were surprised that they enjoyed a show like this so i think that speaks volumes to how they were able to make this story mass appealing <laughs> if you will so season two there is no confirmed season two we don't know if we'll have a season two do we need a season two I don't personally think we need a season two. I know I say this all the time, but in this case, I honestly just don't feel like we need a season two. I think this was a great season of television. I think they accomplished everything that we need to accomplish. I don't feel like we were left um, on any like cliffhangers. I just feel like it was a well-rounded story that was wrapped up. And if that was it, I would be okay with it. Could they do a season two? They could do a season two. But also, I think it gets hard to do a season two because then it's like, what? Where are we? What's going on? And I would have to, this would be me having to go back and even look at the history of chess because I even, I didn't know that chess was a thing like that, which I guess makes sense because they didn't really have much else to do. So it makes sense that chess would be that prominent during that time. But as we get into like the 70s, and the or later into the 70s and the 80s like I just don't see chess being like it is at the point that we are in season one that's also why I don't think we need a season two so I don't know I don't I don't think we need it but I feel like they can make it work what that would look like I honestly don't know because I just don't know how the chess world is at the point in time season two would take place so yeah that's all I have for the Queen's Gambit. I told you guys, I know I didn't think this was going to be long. Uh, I want to know what you guys thought <laughs> about the Queen's Gambit. What did I not talk about or forget to talk about? Let me know. And I will talk to you guys in the next episode. That's the end of the episode. Thanks for sticking through it to the end. Be sure to follow me on all the social media platforms at Currently Binging on Instagram and at Current Binge on Twitter. Also, hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on, and I'll talk to you in the next one.